0: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential.
3: Hello, Christina Stathopoulos. Oh, see, I got it wrong. Go for it. (laughs) You're
4: perfect. Don't worry about it. It's Christina Stathopoulos. Thank you so much for having me.
3: You betcha. I, I was like looking at your name before we started. I was like, I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong, even if you tell me. But <laughs> I'm so grateful to have you here today and that we're going to share on a very important topic that I know will help our business owners for common self-sabotaging patterns that show up in leadership. And all of our business owners who listen in have got to run their their companies with uh, effective leadership. And what gets in the way often is self-sabotage both personally and in business. But you're going to share about all of those great details. But first, share a little bit about your background. You're a coach. So share, how did you get into business? How did it come about for you?
4: Absolutely. So I guess the spark notes, if you will, is, you know, I had the privilege of going to college. I graduated in 2014, and I found myself really floundering to find employment. You know, I seem to enter the second worst job market we've seen in quite some time. Um, but the, the way that I satisfied that was I had the privilege of going to a women's college. And so while I tried to figure out what my path would be, I did what I knew, which was women's empowerment. And so I started hosting a bunch of events across New York city. Uh, as I was hosting events, I would interview people to come and you know, be on panels, give talks. I happened to meet a coach. This was now in 2016. And I remember after one of the conferences that we created together, she had said to me, you know, Christina, you're so passionate about working with women. You are so passionate about leadership. Have you ever ever thought about being trained to be able to support people, not just arrange events where we can support people? And I was like, no, I didn't. What what does that mean? What does it look like? Um, So lo and behold, I registered for a coach training program. I fast forward. I've now been in business for almost six years, which is really hard to believe. Um, Really exciting. Really grateful for that. And yeah, uh, I'm a professional certified coach in my private practice here Her Roar. I predominantly focus on women leaders, either within organizations or business owners and really helping them have a lasting impact without sacrificing their happiness to make it happen.
3: I love that. You've coached over 1,500 hours and provided 850 hours to lead in leadership training alone. Um, and it's so important. I don't think people realize the importance of having a mentor or a coach. I started out mm, 12 years ago now, both with this podcast and then, um, after that with a consulting business and it was going to uh similar to you i went to a lecture one night and uh i met this coach and uh you know she had the kind of life i wanted but i didn't know what the heck a coach was and what do they do and how do they help people um but she lo and behold became my mentor and coach and and really just helped me get a handle on what is my juice what do i have to give people so yeah it's so important to have those mentors um So let's get deep dive into the four common mistakes that people often do that self-sabotage them in business and probably in personal life as well.
4: Yeah, sure thing. So, I mean, before I dive in, keep in mind, this isn't like, this isn't the truth. This isn't a comprehensive study. I'm not claiming to, you know, be right about any of this. But as I've mentioned, six years of business, lots of clients, lots of hours coaching people, I honed in on four common things that show up in a lot of people's leadership, either you know, scaling and building teams to run their businesses, being inside of other companies. And um, I'll dive into each of them a little bit more, but I found the four most common are martyrdom, perfectionism, people pleasing, and just being dang confusing. Those would be the four.
3: Can that net? That's interesting. You say you've worked mostly with women. Do those hold true for both women and men or just mostly women?
4: You know, I have worked with a couple of men in my time, and I do find that there is some overlap. Um, But I will say, I think especially for women, martyrdom and people pleasing can be a huge thing that shows up because at least here in the United States, I think many of us are societally conditioned to be nurturers and providers and it, that makes us amazing in a lot of ways, but it can really lend to that martyring and people-pleasing qualities that I'm talking about.
3: Mm. Now, I get you with the people-pleasing. I used to be that type of gal. The martyrdom, not so much. My grandma, my mother, yes. Um, but how does this show up in different ways when, when you've seen businesses, businesses lead? Where, where do these kind of show up and rear its ugly head?
4: Yeah, so I think where it shows up most commonly, you know, I mentioned earlier that I love to work with women who want to have an impact, but not at the sacrifice of things. And I think so many women, especially business owners, like, we've really glorified the hustle. Like, it's got to be so hard. You got to bleed for it you gotta you gotta suffer for it it
3: doesn't (laughs) doesn't matter then
4: yeah it doesn't matter and and so oftentimes what this looks like especially if you have a team of people is you know you're a martyr if even when you have all these other people that you could be delegating things to or could be supporting you you find that you're still taking on so much of the work yourself Mm -hmm. or if things aren't going well that you put it on yourself, you know, you swoop in and you do what needs to be done to make it happen. Even if that means pulling the longer hours, mm-hmm. staying up late at night, you know, thinking about things at two o'clock in the morning and whipping your laptop <laughs> back out. Um, these are some of the things that I see. I think another way that martyrdom shows up mm-hmm. is uh, I I always say this is how you could see it in your personal life. And it sounds so silly, but I do believe there's a parallel is it's like if you go to visit someone's home and their living room is meticulously cleaned, but their bedroom is a disaster. Like they've learned how to make the space for other people look pristine and perfect and well cared for, but then they're hiding the mess and, you know, letting their own personal space and their bedroom kind of go to the wayside because it's all about uh, projecting things, making things work for other people you really put all the labor onto yourself and you're not necessarily reaping the rewards of that.
3: Wow, that's fascinating. I never thought of that. I do know a couple of friends that that do that. They have this one closet that you you might've seen, Friends, the um, show that was back in the 90s, I think. And Courtney Cox played, uh, I forgot her character right now, but her character was super meticulous and everything. But she had this one closet, one closet, no one knew about until she got married to Chandler. And, it, it hid her whole mess. Mm-hmm. She, just, like, she just piled it up in there. And one day he opened it up and she was horrified. And they're married. He, you already got him. You don't have to worry about it. But she was horrified that he could see that she actually had a mess going on somewhere in her life.
4: Yeah. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because that worked for her for a while, right? And that's what I noticed with all these self-sabotage patterns is that I can talk about them and intellectualize them. But for most of us, we've actually learned to benefit off of them in some way. And I think for martyrs, like they tend to be your all stars, like they're great employees, like they, you know, that you can count on them that you, you've been trained into believe that they're reliable, and they're self sufficient. And so a lot of us that have that martyring quality to us, it's hard to give up because it's how we've achieved up until this point, oftentimes.
3: Wow, you just brought something. I remember this is so funny, Christina. I remember in my twenties working for a fashion firm, and I was that superstar. And they were like telling me, "Slow down, you're gonna make us look bad." And I'm inside. I'm probably. I'm like, you know, I, I, you know, you. Yeah, I could see what you're talking about because it actually you like that glory of you're the best. Um, now, where do some of the other ones like wanting to please others? Where how does that benefit you if you want to please others?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, when you think about it, the way that people-pleasing helps you get out in the world is like, you're always everyone's friend. Like, there's only positive things to say about you. Uh, You get included in everything. You might also get invited to meetings that are above your pay grade because people get along with you. Um, You're great at managing relationships. Like, this is why people-pleasing is effective. Um, And on the flip side, though, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, because you mentioned you, you know, you've had people pleasing qualities in the past, like people pleasing is a tricky one as a leader, because oftentimes you need to be the one that's willing to say what is or isn't working. Mm. But if you're scared to hurt someone's feelings, if you want everyone to feel like an equal team player, if, if you um, are confrontation adverse, you know, you really struggle with being bold in what you have to say then you may struggle to admit to what isn't working. And so oftentimes, like you might allow team members to continue to, you know, hang out and doing the same thing when it really isn't working. And that can cost you money. It can cost you client relationships. It can cost you so much simply because you don't know how to be assertive to the people that are working around you and work with you.
3: Wow. Yeah, that is really a good insight. I recall one of my first managerial positions I had no problem telling people what needed to be done, but then I just felt like crap afterwards, like, oh, maybe they won't like me. Um, and so I guess I do have a little people pleasing going on, but it, it was a hard challenge because at the one point I know I have to manage or lead them. On the other hand, you want to be light and often the two don't go together. Yeah, you can't worry about being liked.
4: Right, and you know, as I mentioned, I'm not the expert on this, um, but for anyone who's listening, like these aren't exclusive, right? Like you can be a people pleaser. And then how you deal with that is then you martyr yourself. Mm. Like, oh, no one else is, you know, stepping up to the plate. I guess I'll do it. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And now I'm stuck doing more work than I'm supposed to be doing because I wasn't willing to tell the other person, hey, take on your load, take on what you've been hired for, what you've been paid for. What do you like what do I need to train you in so you could finally start doing this yourself all those questions that you need to start asking as you're moving from that I'm an employee or I'm a team member mindset into a I'm a CEO, I'm a business owner, I'm the leader of this team mindset.
3: Yeah, and I'm guessing you also have problems saying no and maybe saying yes too much. Mhm. Now, let's talk about confusing. You mentioned uh Just being a little confusing what what is that about how does that manifest
4: yeah so uh (laughs) i also love to beloved like belovedly call this when people like whip out the creative genius card Hmm. and what i mean by that is um leaders that struggle to articulate the vision of where they want to be going and as a result people don't know how to follow them and i think some of the ways that we uh play out being confusing is we're vague about what we want. We hire people, but then we don't actually train them to take on the duties that we've hired them for. Um, You know, maybe, uh, especially for business owners, I feel like this happens when you're in the solopreneur game as well. Like you start in one niche and then you throw out a bunch of ideas and then your messaging and your branding becomes really convoluted and confusing. And so, when you call people for referrals, they don't actually know who to refer to you because the message isn't clear anymore. Yeah. Um, and this is a funny one because whenever I talk about this, people are like, "Well, what could possibly be useful about being confusing? <laughs> <laughs> like what like, what is the benefit of that? And what I find is, um, sometimes the reason why we choose to stay confused or choose to remain confusing, is because then hopefully someone will swoop in and clean it up for us. Or if it doesn't work, we get to say, oh, people just don't understand me. Like that That like that team member doesn't work, they just didn't understand me. And it's like, hey, actually, like look at your side of the street, how could you own that? You didn't know how to communicate effectively what it is you're moving towards.
3: Yeah, and I've heard from a lot of business owners, well, you know, why can't anyone do it as well as I, I do it? Well, you know what? When you first hire someone, they're not going to do it as well as you because they just got hired. And just if you've been doing something for a while, you've practiced it. So a new hire is going to take time to get into the groove, get good at their job. And, and, of course, they need proper communication and direction so they can do their job well.
4: Yeah. And, you know, additionally, that's why I tell a lot of people, especially if you're new in a leadership role, like maybe you've just scaled and you finally brought some people on or you've been promoted internally. Like, don't just think that it's only your job to provide the feedback, like get feedback, ask your teammates like, hey, what's working about my leadership? What isn't working? What do you wish there was more of? What do you wish there was left of? Mm -hmm. Um, I find it just so useful to be in relationship with the people that you're working with, rather than assume you have to like, have it handled all the time.
3: Yeah. Cause they, they don't know. And I guess you could say, what do you need from me? So your job will be most efficient for you to do perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, this is really, really good. Now, if you're in one of these modes from people pleaser to, um, being a martyr or, how do you begin to shift it so you're not self-sabotaging yourself how do you get in touch with where are you at with some of these
4: definitely well i think first things first i always tell people that you can't shift things that you aren't aware of Mm -hmm. so first things first is you know if you're tuning into this like look for yourself martyrdom perfectionism people pleasing confusion like what resonates for you and if you're like i don't know none of it i've never thought of this before Mm -hmm. Um, you might look to the people in your life and not just professionally, like you can even because what you do professionally, I assert you're also doing personally in some areas. Mm -hmm. And so good other people, ask them like, hey, what do you think are my best qualities as a leader? What are my worst qualities? What do you notice I complain about the most when I talk about work? What do you notice I celebrate the most when I talk about work? Like, ask yourself these questions, because then it'll help illuminate like, Oh, got it. Yeah. Like I'm not a martyr, but I'm, I'm just still a people pleaser. You know, I just, I don't want to make anyone upset. I don't want to rock the boat or on the flip side, you might find like, Hey, I have no problem pissing someone off, but I'm such a perfectionist that nothing moves forward because I need it to be exactly as is. So start with getting clear on which ones are true to you. And it could be a combination of all four. Or and then we
3: didn't even mention yeah
4: right, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, and then from there, like, as you start to shift or practice something different, like what I always recommend is now that you like, so for example, now that, you know, you tend to be a martyr, you tend to take things on yourself. Where can you start practice delegating things? Where can you start practice offloading things? Like start by almost like swinging to the opposite end of the pattern just to practice something new and see what you get from it.
3: Yeah. What comes up for you. And what's interesting when you said this to me, I recall many years ago, a very close best friend of mine had said to me, I'm doing this self-help book and I want to try something on you. I'd like to send you the 10 great strengths I see in you and your 10 weaknesses. And if you could do the same for me. Um, So she was taking the assessment of herself and it was, it was blew me away because she brought up some things both, positive and negative that I've never thought about. So uh, if anyone listening in want to try it with their very close friends or husband, significant other, it was really um, a great way for me to get clear on some things I didn't see the way other people saw me.
4: Yeah, I think think in general, over and over again, we talked about how mentorship and coaching can be so helpful for people. I think if nothing else, you can't see your own back, right? Like you you don't know what's behind you, what's on the other side of you. Like sometimes you just need that mirror to reflect aspects that you can't see yourself. And that can happen with a coach, but it could also happen with the people that are closest to you because they know you the best.
3: Exactly. Well, you know, this has been a fascinating talk. I know you've, uh, broaden people's views listening in to think, where do I stand? Am I doing one of these or a number of them? What can I do to start to become aware and shift them for myself so I can be a better leader and a better business owner? But where can people find out more about you, Christina?
4: Thanks so much for asking. So you can find out more about me and my coaching practice either by visiting me at my website, which is www.hearherroar.net. Alternatively, you connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can follow me on Instagram, and my handle is herextinarroar.
3: Ooh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for coming today to Savvy Broadcasting. Unleash your story and sharing your great wisdom today. Thank you.
4: It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. You betcha.